welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, this is Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, a mission dedicated to reaching the Jewish people for the Lord Jesus. We've been in existence for 127 years. This is our 128th year of ministry. And no, in case you're wondering, I am not the founder. Just, I just want to make that absolutely clear. And uh, we love sharing uh, via the great tool of radio uh, with you, the good news of the Messiah, Jewish backgrounds of the New Testament, and giving you some tips on how to reach Jewish people, your Jewish friends and loved ones and neighbors for the Lord Jesus. I'm a Jewish believer, and uh, in a roundabout way, I came to the Lord through the testimony of Gentile Christians who led my Jewish friends to the Lord, who led me to the Lord. And uh, and so I wouldn't be here without uh, your taking Romans 11, 11 seriously. They didn't stumble so as to fall, may it never be. But by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them, the Jewish people, jealous. And it's our prayer and our hope that this program will encourage you to make Jewish people jealous of the Jewish Messiah who lives in your heart. We've been studying the Sermon on the Mount. We've covered a bit of chapter five. We gave a little bit of an introduction. We covered the Beatitudes. And today we're going to jump in and see if we can uh, push our way through the rest of chapter five. We don't want to rush it too much, but we know that uh, you don't have all the time in the world. And we're trying to give you, again, a little bit of an insight about how Jewish people might look at these chapters, this great sermon that that Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, preached. With me uh, today is Bobby Walter, who co-leads our Messianic congregation uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and also leads our New York region and loves the book of Matthew. So uh, we're so happy that you're here, Bobby, and we're really looking forward to what you have to share on the Gospel of Matthew. Yes, yes. Happy to be here, as always, Mitch. You could say I'm blessed or ashray to be here. <laughs> <laughs> like we've been talking uh, as we've gone through the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. So, Mitch, if it's okay with you, I think we should just jump right into uh, verses 13 through 16 in Matthew chapter 5. What do you say? I think we should do it. Why don't you, All right. why don't you take us through it. Yes. So one thing we notice right when we get to verse 13 in Matthew chapter 5 is that there's a little bit of a shift in what Yeshua is teaching us here. The Beatitudes, so much of it was focusing on righteous heart character. Uh, Remember, we talked about humility. We talked about the internal transformation that comes as a result of a relationship with Yeshua. Well, when we get to verses 13 and forward, it's like Yeshua changes the focus to not just righteous heart character, but now righteous heart action. So the actions that flow out of a righteous heart that has been transformed by the Lord. And he gives us these two examples, these two sort of metaphors to help us understand uh, how we are supposed to live now in this world. And he uses salt and light, right? So I'll just read it. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And then right after that, he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, 
nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Mm. So just a few quick comments, Mitch, about salt and light and why Yeshua would even use these images for us as examples for how we're supposed to live. Salt and light, they impact and they change everything that they encounter. So you take a bit of salt and, and what does it do? It seasons the meat or you could put it on a wound to clean it out. Uh, you know, salt has an impact on everything that it touches. Same thing with light. Uh, you know, you have light that pierces the darkness and it, what does it do? It, it illuminates, it reveals uh, the true nature of what uh, what is going on. And the challenge here, the, the prompt from Yeshua is he's calling us to be salt and light, to be these change agents in the world. The world that is in need of salt and the change that salt brings and a world that is filled with darkness that needs the light to pierce through. And I love the end of verse 16 because he tells us the impact that it's going to have, that as we are salt, as we are light, as we are used by the Lord as these change agents, um, it's not for our glory. It's not to bring attention to ourselves. Instead, the focus is that people might see it and then glorify our Father who is in heaven. Absolutely. That's great, Bobby. And that's what it means to be a disciple. It means that you listen to Jesus and do what he says. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he wants us to be salt and he wants us to be light. And I think uh, the rest of the chapter really focuses very particularly on Jewish people. And mm -hmm. Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, walks right into the belief system of his own people, which he understands perfectly, both as a Jew and as the promised Messiah. And uh, he says in verse 17, do not presume that I came to abolish the law of the prophets. I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, he means, but to fulfill. Well, I mean, let's just talk about that for one second. So the Jewish people have traditionally divided the Old Testament into three sections. Uh, one is the Torah, the five books of Moses. The second is the Vim, which are the prophets. And the third is the Kitubim, which are the writings. And if you put all those three together, we have what is the same as the Christian Old, Old Testament, whether it be King James, New King James, ESV, NASB, or NIV, you name it. So what Jesus is really saying, he just lists here for a moment, he lists the law and the prophets, is what he is saying is, I, as Messiah, I, I didn't come to destroy uh, what was written and what God said to and through the Jewish people. I haven't come to abolish it or get rid of it. I've come to fulfill it, which is a big difference. And so the Messiah fulfills the Hebrew Scriptures. That's a very important statement. And if if you can show your Jewish friend that the Messiah fulfills the Hebrew Scriptures, then you've taken your Jewish friend a long way mm -hmm. until they get really until the to the feet of Jesus, because a Jewish person, even if at first they don't seem very Jewish and they don't think a lot about the Hebrew Bible and they may not celebrate even all the holidays. But every Jewish person at least knows what they're supposed to believe, you know, and feels guilty that they don't sometimes. And so 
every Jewish person, particularly as they start considering Jesus, is going to be driven back to what the Old Testament says about the coming Messiah one way or another, either by their own conscience or because uh, they've told some of their Jewish friends or family that they're thinking about Jesus and they're going to say, well, you need to talk to a rabbi or you need to read your own Bible first. And so it's very important that we understand that one of our roles in sharing the good news with Jewish people is to help Jewish people understand how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. That's why I wrote the book, Isaiah 53 Explained, which is now in, uh, I don't know, 16 languages. We've distributed probably two or 300,000 of these books because Isaiah 53 is a very clear prophecy of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, now, Jewish people might even read it and not even think that it's Jesus for a variety of reasons. But one reason is because they don't know a lot about the New Testament. They don't really know the story. And so, my dear brother and sister in, in Christ, you are the bridge builder. You are building the bridge between the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament and the Hebrew Scriptures and Jesus himself. So, this is a very important part of Jesus' testimony to his own people, that he didn't come to destroy it. He says, and it is written, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of a letter, that's sometimes translated jot or tittle, and those are sort of the various uh, dots and markers that help you understand the Hebrew language in those passages. So he says, until all is accomplished. So again, what he's saying is, I am the fulfillment. I'm not the destroyer. I'm not abrogating. I'm fulfilling. Then he says, therefore, whoever nullifies one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus is telling the Jewish people to not be irreligious, to follow the Old Testament. Because if they don't follow, if they don't read it, they don't understand it, they don't follow it, then how would they possibly understand that Jesus is the fulfillment? And verse 20, he really caps it off and he says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness far surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So again, he's speaking about being the fulfillment. He's saying that even if you obey all of it, even if you know all the laws, you can't possibly fulfill it. It's beyond you. It's because of the of the nature of man. You cannot possibly keep the entire uh, law. And so I'm telling you that there is a greater righteousness. The Pharisees, well, they worked hard at it. Maybe mm -hmm. you're a Pharisee, maybe you're working hard at it, but it's still not adequate. No matter what man does, he cannot save himself. In fact, Jesus said it in John chapter five very clearly. He said in verse 45, do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you've set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. If you do not believe his writings, how will you believe his words? Let me tell you, when Jesus said this, he was speaking about far more than intellectual belief. He was talking about belief and obedience. Jewish people don't say, show, tell me what you believe. They say, show me what you do. And so if you're a real believer in the word of God, then you'd be a real faithful follower 
of the Word of God. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying in that day. Don't think that I'm going to accuse you, or people sometimes believe, well, it's unfair for Jews to not go to heaven because they don't believe in Jesus because they weren't raised with Jesus or because things were done in the name of Jesus that are unfair. All of that is true. All of that is true. But that is not why we are sinners. We are sinners because we either know the Word of God and disobey the Word of God, or we don't choose to learn the Word of God when we should learn the Word of God. So no matter what happens, we have failed, God succeeded, we fall short, but God fulfills all of his law and the prophets and writings through Jesus the Messiah. The promised Messiah is the ultimate fulfillment of God's plan for the world. And let me tell you, traditional Judaism understands it that way, that the day is coming when the Messiah who will fulfill the, the law, the prophets and the writings will come and you must obey him. That was Deuteronomy 18, again, that we spoke about. He'll speak words, you must obey him. And so share the gospel with your Jewish friend. Use the Old Testament scriptures. Talk about the messianic prophecies that point a, a Jewish person to Jesus. Or go on the Chosen People website and order a copy of Isaiah 53 Explained and give it to a Jewish friend and then talk to them about it so that you can show them that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, the prophets, and the writings, and that to really be a follower of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you need to understand that Jesus is the fulfillment, and you need to be obedient to him. That's the clear message of the gospel. That's the clear message that we preach in Chosen People Ministries, with love, with grace, but we preach that clear message that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament and every Jewish person and every non-Jewish person needs to believe in him to do what they couldn't do for themselves, to receive forgiveness of sin and the gift of everlasting life. Did you know that Jesus celebrated the Seder with his disciples? It's true. And if you'd like to learn more about the Jewish history and heritage of your faith, then we'd love for you to request a free copy of our booklet, Passover, A Time of Redemption. Learn about the candles, the cups, and how Passover is related to the Last Supper of Jesus and his disciples. This step-by-step -step study will help you discover the history of the Messianic prophecies that are revealed in this God-appointed season. And it's a great way to connect with your Jewish friends and family. There are even Passover recipes included. Our booklet, Passover, A Time of Redemption, is free and available right now when you go online to chosenpeople.com slash radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio. Or ask for this informative and educational booklet when you call 888-2-YESHUA. That telephone number again is 888-293-7482. Chag Pesach Sameach. Have a happy Passover season. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear from Elaine Kaplan. Elaine experienced a lot of dysfunction as a child and a young woman. But after she married a successful rock band manager, a surprise meeting helped her find the peace that she had been looking for her entire life. Elaine and her husband, Joseph, are British Jewish believers. They have a magnificent testimony. You're only going to hear Elaine's right now, but I know that it's going to mean a lot to you. 
no matter how many clothes I bought, no matter how many houses we had, my life was empty. It's like I had a hole inside me. My parents were not happily married. When I was about five years old, I would talk to God and I would say, Dear God, I think you've made a mistake. I'm not supposed to be with this family. And I would talk like that practically every night because of my unhappiness. My father backed horses during the day and greyhounds during the night. He was very unfaithful to my mother. He had several affairs. Growing up, it wasn't a happy place. Well, as time went by, I met the man that I was going to marry. He actually managed a young man called Jack Wilde. Soon after that, he was introduced to a band called Yes. They went on the road with the first concerts in America. But as the tour went on, Yes's album started to climb and climb and climb and do so well. The joy of it was short-lived because I had to live my life myself. All this time, I was alone in London and they were away for six weeks. We lived in one house and then we'd move to another and as things became more successful, I was always alone. No matter how many clothes I bought, no matter how many houses we had, my life was empty. It's like I had a hole inside me. Just sitting at home waiting for Brian to come home from the tours was very difficult. And then when he came home, it was like a stranger and he wasn't a good communicator. I had no idea at the time, or maybe I did, but I was in denial and I didn't want to look at things as they were, that he was actually having affairs. So I was searching and searching and searching and a friend in LA sent me a letter. The only words I ever remembered were, Donna Summer got born again. And I thought, that sounds good. What does that mean? I didn't really know who God was. I mean, being Jewish, you know, he was Adonai, Elohim. But on this day, I was talking to God and I said to him, born again, that sounds good to me. How do you get born again? How can I make restitution for everything wrong that I have done in my life? At this point in time, I went with Brian into Beverly Hills and he dropped me at my friend Frankie's house. And we went to this place called Carlos and Charlie's on Sunset. And then this woman arrived and she sat opposite me at the table. Her name is Susan Mineo and she managed Donna Summer. And I could not stop staring at her. So I said to her, Susan, can I ask you a question? She said, yes. I said, are you born again? She said, yes. And I looked at her and I said, you have something that I want and I know that I can't buy it with money. I wanted the peace that I saw in Susan Mineo's eyes. I had been searching for that peace my whole life, through my unhappy childhood, through my time of smoking dope, snorting coke, taking sleeping pills, drinking. And so at the table, 
they held my hands and I prayed. I accepted Yeshua. That's just the beginning. When Brian found out that I had received the Lord, he went crazy. What are you doing? You're Jewish. This is all anti-Semitism, blah, 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 blah. I never really talked to Brian about what was in the Bible. I wasn't one of those people that hit him over the head with the Bible and all that stuff. I just quietly prayed and I lived. I lived what I've, I had been reading. But eventually, he left. I stayed in that marriage for three years. I decided that I would get a divorce. If you read Isaiah 53, it tells you that he was pierced for our transgressions. All our iniquities were put on him. And those stripes that were on his back are the very things that heal us. Because I was so lost in my heart, I know this to be true. So I would say to people that say to me, you can't be Jewish and believe in Jesus. I would say, I'm Jewish and I do believe in Jesus. Chosen People Ministries exist to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve Jewish people all across the world. And we also want to help equip fellow believers to do the same. Our mission was founded in 1894 by Rabbi Leopold Cohn, and we have a zeal to share the knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with God's chosen people. If you'd like to help us do the same, we invite you to go online and learn more. You'll find us at chosenpeople.com radio. And then be sure to take some time to explore our website and discover how you can get involved. We have short-term or long-term ministry opportunities, internships, and even prayer and volunteer opportunities. So no matter what you're looking for, there's bound to be something for everyone. Learn more today at chosenpeople.com radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, more and more we're hearing from listeners all over the country who have been touched by this program. And if you're feeling led to reach out and connect with us, well, we would love to hear from you as well. You can connect with us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the resources that we have available for you. And don't forget to ask for your free copy of our holiday booklet, Passover, A Time of Redemption. You know, Bobby, we're giving this book away right now because Passover and Easter are around the corner. And there are some in our listening community that might have questions about the two holidays. And even if it's appropriate for believers to celebrate both of them, we want to show our listening audience, that's you, dear friend, that there's freedom to celebrate these wonderful feasts of the Lord. So learn more and just ask for your free book, Passover, A Time of Redemption, and you can connect with us at chosenpeople.com slash radio. You can also ask for the book and let us know that you're listening today by writing to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. 
And now let's wrap up today's program with the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.